Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. This week we have another guest, so please guest tell us who you are and who you mean. Hello everyone, I am the Lonely Moth. I am a competitive Dead by Daylight player who participates in tournaments. I am also a 6,000 hour twins main and I hold a high run streak of 879 with them. Wow, so that's quite impressive. So for anybody that doesn't know, at the time of this recording, the Lonely Moth is currently number one for Survivors Downed whilst Victor is clinging to them. And Linksy is hot on his tail. So for me, the Twins isn't somebody that I get drawn to when I pick a killer uh, just to have a few games with. But that doesn't mean to say that I don't play them very much. They can be fun to play. And it's really whether I'm in that kind of mood or not. So what made you start playing this killer? Okay, so when they came out on the PTB, um, I think in like 2020, um, they looked different from the other killers. And I wanted something different because all the other killers are like the anti-loop stuff. It's just like different power kind of stuff. And so because it was like unique, it was different. Plus uh they were played differently from other killers i wanted to try to give it a go and uh see how what how strong they can actually be and uh there's just also so many different ways and strategies you can play them plus the i've learned now that once you know how to use them efficiently they have such a strong power that can be used Mm -hmm. against even the best survivors as long as you don't make mistakes and just they just require such a high skill ceiling because of they require like game sense and uh, some M one chase, and just they're just they're just really strong. Well, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview with the Slowly Moth. It's great to have you here. Uh, so let's start with your build. Uh, there's many kinds of builds out there, from the most efficient builds, fun builds, builds people like to run on a regular basis. So let's just talk about your build. What works for you, and why do you run it? Right, so I have two builds. Um, my first build, I mainly just run barbecue because I want to learn just base kit everything. I want to learn to be efficient with time and not rely on perks. And then my second build is what I use in tournaments. Uh, it would be corrupt intervention. So giving that early head start at the beginning of the game so no one can split up on the gens so I can get my early down. And then my second perk would be deadlock, which is very handy because the twins can be such time consuming. And so using deadlock can help you shut down. um, Once you get someone on the hook, you can shut down location of that area by sending out Victor to pressure people to be injured. So they have to heal themselves up. Otherwise they can't get the save. And if they choose to just do the gens, um, the person will hit second stage, but deadlock is gonna slow down the gen speed and then my other perk I run is um, either Deadman Switch to kick them off the gens when I send Victor over, or Thananophobia to apply that little bit of uh, percentage to save me that very precious time I need. And then my other perk, which is just so strong on twins, is Force Penance. It it denies the power, the one weakness that with the one weakness the twins have, which is the body block for survivors. And so when they when you lay body block and you have force penance, it will injure them so they'll be broken for like 80 seconds. And that's very good for twins because then you can start snowballing and they just can't do anything. And so 
usually once they know you have force pens, they shouldn't be taking hits for each other again. But it can also help against of healing because people I've seen, I've ran into some people that like to take hits and then heal up with of healing. That can also shut it down. And um, yeah, it's just a very strong perk. It helps with one of the weaknesses of the twins, which can make the twins very annoying to play against. There are currently 100 killer perks in the game, but this includes licensed killers too. So let's focus on the free perks where people might not have the licensed killers. Do you have any builds where people might not want to spend any money that are easily accessible? Yeah, so um, for people that don't have the uh, shard killers unlocked, um, you can run Sloppy Butcher, which is helpful, but you shouldn't be getting M1s with Charlotte unless the survivors just mess up. But it can help slow down the game during um, mid-game, not early game. And Sloppy is just going to help with the heals and stuff. But if they can bring Soko of Healing, it's not going to do that much, but it would buy you some time. And then the second one, you can run Fearmonger, which is to make them exhausted. So if you are approaching them with Charlotte or Victor, they can't um, sprint burst away or use light to get to a locker or something to hide from Victor or from Charlotte. So you can get an easy hit as long as it's not like next to a, a jungle gym or something. Um, then you can run, of course, Shadowed Hope to get rid of the boons, especially Boon Exponential. That is such a strong perk against the twins. And then uh, for the last one, you can run Oppression, which is the teachable of theirs, which will damage three gens at a time. It's kind of applies overcharge to the other two gens after you kick the first one. It can help slow down the game. And then for the people that have sh the shard killers, uh, I would recommend Corrupt Intervention for the same reason. And then, uh, yeah, shadow Shadowed Hope or Agitation, because the Agitation is going to be helpful with the other two perks, which would be Pain Residence and Deadman Switch to help you buy that little bit of time you need. Those uh, Pain Residence is going to pop the gen when you hook someone, and then Deadman Switch is going to either block it, unless they waited it out to block it, but then you send Victor out and he just does the same thing. It blocks the gen. And it's just going to buy you time while you're pressuring people with Charlotte and Victor. So there's occasions where even those who have the most play-to-win kind of mentality want to have a game with a less than optimal build, whether it's to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky meme build. Could you share, could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds that you'd like to use for fun? Yeah, so this is a, this is a build that I saw a long time ago. It was where you run Dragon Grip with uh, Insidious. And you can kind of like pretend you're controlling Victor. So when you kick someone with the gen with Dragon Grip, and I think you have to have like Trail of Torment. Yeah, Trail of Torment with it. And so you make them go back to that gen because they're going to want to pressure it because they think you're uh, controlling Victor. And the in you're actually just undetectable with Insidious. And so when they come back to the gen, you just hit them and you get a free hit. But that's only if they don't know much about twins. But it's fun when it happens. And you can just combine it with uh, Eruption with Dragon's Grip. So then they come back, you just the gen also gets more regressed. And then you can run Silencing Cloth with uh, Bloody Black Hood to uh, help you get the undetectable faster and save time while switching between the two. And then there's a fun build, which is with Devour Hope. You run Devour Hope with Bamboozle and play with your food and Nemesis so you can get... Um, so when you get stunned, you get a play with your foods token. 
and that will help you get very uh, strong chase power with play with your food, especially with Bamboozle. And you use Victor to block the totem of Devourer. And you run the two add-ons Aerodescent Pendant with Victor's Soldier. And um, that will make it so they kick Victor. They will be exposed for 30 seconds. And you also have the aura revealed to you. And so when that happens, you can just go back to them. And if you can't get the hit, you set Victor back. And you just slowly build up that Devour Hope uh, stuff. And so then when you have the tokens to have exposed for the rest of the game, they just they can't do anything. Add-ons are such an important part of anyone's gameplay and can completely change the way the game is played. So I would imagine there are some good add-ons and some that are not worth using. Can you tell us which ones you would recommend and which ones you would avoid? The best add-ons for twins would be Force Stew and Madeline's Scarf. A lot of twins run Toy Sword, but it's really not needed once you build the muscle memory with uh, with Victor. Because double speed is going to help you traverse the map and save more time than Toy Sword would. Toy Sword is usually really good to prevent lockers. But Madeline's Scarf and Forest Dew with the double speed will make you 6.9. And so you can use that to prevent body blocks when people are paired up together. And when you can cut them off at a locker, so you could beat them to the locker first and just down them. It just saves more time and it's just more value than Toy Sword. And uh, the other ones that are also good would be Still Biscuit for like if you're trying to go for like a slugging build. And when then you can have Spinning Top, if there's too many items and you don't want to deal with med kits or stuff, you can just bring that add on to make them drop it when they you latch onto them. And then you have the Tiny Fingernail, which will save you. Uh, it's very good in chase if you're right next to the survivor. It's going to save them so they don't they make less distance when just pressing W against you. And then um, the ones that you shouldn't, well, they're not they're not bad. They're just not as good as these, but they can still be used in like certain builds. It's like Hat's Eye could be a stealth build. While you're charging, you'll be undetectable. With uh, he'll make no noise, and then you can run like Soured Milk with Madeline's glove to, with uh drop of perfume to make it so that people who are next to victor's streaks will have no idea where charlotte is and so you can just sneak up on them and so the other the other add-ons are not good they're not as good as the uh forest stew and madeline scarf but they're not completely useless they have um value in different perks if you're not trying you're just trying to have fun mostly i would recommend not using any add-ons at the start so you can build up the muscle memory of how fast Victor is to know that you can you would know that you can make this distance or you can um get this person before without using Toy Sword. But yeah, those are the add-ons I would recommend. It's very important before going into a match that you get the right perks and add-ons. But that's only half the job. There's always a map to deal with too. So let's talk about your strategy. When you load into a trial does the map determine how you play? And what are your preferred maps when working out your strategy? Well, there's only like, uh, I can think of like one map that really changes the strategy, and that would be Midwitch. Um, usually um, sending out Victor at the start is what I do. But with Midwitch, I can't do that because it's going to waste more time. So I have to find them first with Charlotte and then send them out. 
And I also have to break the walls because those walls with the windows are just completely, it's just a safe zone against Victor. You can't hit someone with that. Um, and then besides Midwitch, other maps like Dead Dog Saloon or um, Coal Tower, they have those breakable walls that you just need to break them at the beginning of the game or you're going to have, or if the survivors abuse them later on, you're just going to waste so much time and it's going to remove all your pressure. Um, the preferred maps for twins would be the maps that have like no god palettes or those god windows because I know there's a window on uh, Mother's Dwelling that's just unhittable with Victor. You have to use Charlotte to get someone there. But like Macmillan and Auto Haven are really good maps for the twins. Besides Gas Heaven, I don't, that's not a good map for them. But you mostly want Macmillan and Auto Haven. Coldwind maps are just second worst maps for twins. There's a long wall. The long wall jungle gym is very hard to hit someone on with Victor if they know how to use the window. Because there's a certain, the wall is so like perfect that you can't hit them if they vault it. So you have to mind game it. And if the patient is just going to waste so much time, plus the tractors are just super hard to hit someone with because there there's ways to get around the tractor, but they can still dodge it and it'd be very hard to not. So it'd be better just to leave them or just send Charlotte over if you really need that person downed. But basically just remove the breakable walls that have like the safe zones and you should be good. So do you struggle with um, Victor in like the corn then? Uh, no, uh, it's pretty easy to see for me to see through the corn. So when you're going into a match, you have to assess your strategy based on the perks, the add-ons, the map you load into and the survivors that you're likely to face. So let's talk about your playstyle. Do you change your playstyle based on how the survivors play? Or do you have some kind of one trick routine or strategy that you like to stick to? So usually I go with this one strategy. And it's that it's at the start of the game, I move to the middle of the map or close to the middle. And since I know the survivor spawns, they're going to spawn in a cone of where you spawn, wherever you're facing. I get to the middle, I send out Victor, and I get an early hit with the with him instead of Charlotte. Even if I don't have corrupt intervention, I'm getting that early hit because twins can guarantee a down with doing this way. Even if they're protect, uh, going in for body blocks, you can just, if you play right, you can prevent the body block, especially a force penance and stuff like that. And so when I do, I do that and I down the survivor. And then, so I have a really fast down at five gens if I had corrupt invention. But if I don't have corrupt invention and the survivors are all split up, they should get like three gens done. But I should have like a, a hook in a three gen. And once I have that hooked, then I'm going to send out Char Victor again around the edge of the maps because the survivors will be rotating around the edge maps, not they shouldn't be running through the middle of the map. And so I can get an early hit on someone. And so while I have two people not doing a single thing, the other two have to come in for the save because a one-on-one -on -one save is not really, it's, very, it's, really, it's like a 50-50 unless the killer is just super patient. And so it's better just to go in for the double save. And so that's gonna keep everyone not doing a single thing on the map. But if they do manage to get the double save off, since you couldn't get someone with Victor, then you just got to uh, take the double hit and then hopefully you can get those two downs because having the two downs is way better than having 
the person who you wanted to hit second stage because once you get someone out of the game the game is essentially over against twins there's nothing survivors can do unless there's like a gen about to pop but usually when the one survivor dies the game is over uh, if the twin plays it right and the only reason i only way i really change my strategy is if the survivors are running boon exponential or flip-flop power struggle and then i would have to slug them on the pallet and just leave them there with victor and so that they're going to bleed out but and then if anyone comes for the save i use victor and then if the multiple people come for the save after victor then i'll just head back to the person and just build up pressure there hex totems can be a big problem for both killers and survivors but with the perk shattered hope killers can now destroy the totem and we believe this is a big deal we think it also should be base kit with the choice of snuffing or breaking it but let's talk about totem spawns. Do you think they're in a good place or do you think more improvements are needed? Some totems that are just in plain sight and they're just like, kind of like on the cold wind maps, they're just in the cornfield and you can't really, it's kind of hard to see them sometimes, but they're not just like that on corn maps. They're also on that other maps. And I think making the totems hidden would be better because totems have a set pattern that survivors can learn. And so that's why they can get those hex totems cleansed really fast at the start, not just by spawning next to it, because the experienced survivor knows where the spawns are. And that's how they can get Devour Hope and Noed cleansed very fast after it's been revealed. Um, but having them like hidden, where there's like only one way you can cleanse it, it also help Trapper, Freddy, other killers that can just set the trap, especially with like. What I was saying with Devour Hope, you could put Victor next to the totem, but they have to kick Victor to break it. But having the traps more hidden is going to add more skill to the survivors, especially with the boons. So they have to know the spawn locations. Otherwise, they're going to be wasting time looking to set up a boon or to get inner healing and just stuff like that. So having played with the Twins um, a lot, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against high profile players or teams to insane downs or just extraordinary clutch moments. Do you think you could share um, some of these with us? Yeah, so one of them was in a tournament. It was, if I didn't get this hit, I would have probably lost the game. Um, well, not maybe not lost, but like they would have gotten all the gens done. Uh, it was against a very good team. Um, there, was two, there was two gens left and I had already someone dead. And so this person is running towards, and it was on Azrob's resting place. And so he's running towards the side that has no gens on it. And he's running on that side where the other two are doing the gens on where the gens are. So I have to get this down. Otherwise, he's going to jump in a locker. And then um, basically, I would get no value out of Victor. And so I have to send him back to hit someone else. But then they could just run off to the other edge map and heal up. And so he was running towards the locker. And I guess he didn't predict I was going to do it. But I started charging up my pounce and I perfectly angled it because I, I, I washed it back. I just surprised I didn't hit the wall, but it, I sniped him from at least 20 meters away on like a corner of the wall before he jumped in the locker and watching it, it didn't look like I hit him. But since I have some understanding of how Victor's hitbox works, uh, I was able to get that hit and save me the game so I could get the everyone dead at two gens. And then my other one, I think I got a snipe on Thompson House from across. I was standing on top of the house. And I see this person just wandering in the distance. I don't know if he, he saw me or not. 
you know he was looking at me and he just didn't do anything so i just sniped him from like like 32 meters or something like that over a jungle gym <laughs> and so that downed him and then my other one which was so fun it was uh i double tapped someone during another tournament so i had Char uh victor it's the same map as i was resting place i had victor in the middle of the map and i had uh he was looping behind a 50 50 pallet and i was able to bloodlust him to get it hit and then he started running away but before he could run into like the dead zone where i don't want him to go because victor was standing right there i was able to switch back to him and immediately down him less than like five seconds and the survivors were going in for a body block but i they forgot that um i guess they didn't make, pay attention to victor because victor if charlotte has victor it'll be on her and then if he doesn't it's gonna not be there i guess they weren't paying attention to that but i was able to get it down in five seconds so with the amount of time that you've been playing the twins you must have some great advice that you can share with us so what advice would you give to new players or even your past self uh one of them would be not to go for more downs like not to be greedy twins you shouldn't be getting a four-man slug or a three-man slug unless it's given to you you should base essentially have only two people downed at a time and so if you have someone down and then there's someone's nearby you can down them but otherwise i wouldn't greed for more because then someone could sneak in get the pickup and you would only have one hook and you'll lose your pressure and so just don't be greedy for the downs and then another one i would say was there's a little technique where you could um instead of jumping onto the locker to hold the survivor in you can move away from the locker and switch back to charlotte so that whether and this is like if you're really far away from the locker that locking them in wouldn't do a thing you can uh, so you switch back to charlotte and no matter what they do they move out of the locker you're just going to hit them and if they don't if they stay in the locker you're just going to grab them so it's just like a it does waste time for you but if you really need that down in that area or just like you have someone on a hook so you can actually do that it just, just you can just guarantee a hit there and then I think another one is positioning Charlotte. Positioning Charlotte is a very good... Positioning Charlotte will prevent um, when they're in pairs doing gens against Victor. Um, especially if they're both injured and that downing either one, which eventually they'll pick up their teammate. But if you position Charlotte right, then send out Victor. If you down someone, I've seen some people try to heal the person up, but I'm like close by. So when they do that, I just get two downs now. And so positioning Charlotte is really very important instead of just spamming sending out victor because if you do that this virus is gonna keep kicking you and you're just gonna waste so much time and then another one i have is be a little patient with the pounce with victor because some people have the timing down of what the charge is because i feel like as soon as you can charge it some people just like immediately pounce but the survivors some people know that timing so as soon as you get to the 100 they're just gonna weave out of the way and you're gonna miss so being patient, it's going to help you know what, how they're going to move and how they're going to dodge it. it. will make you always get the hit. Just, just always be patient. And then there's another secret that you can aim up and down with Victor. I guess I, I know some people that didn't know that. But aiming up and down with Victor can help at pallets and windows where you can get the right angle to leap over the pallet and window. No matter what, they're, if they're crouching or not, it's going to hit them. 
because um, Victor's hitbox is uh, it's actually vertical. It's not horizontal. And so when I see people crouching over pallets of windows, it doesn't matter because they're just going to get hit no matter what, especially if you ang angled it right. But if you angle too high up, you're just going to go over them if they're crouching. And then another one is very important to always keep people busy. If someone is not doing a gen or doing something important, you shouldn't be bothering them. You should only send Victor after someone who's doing something. So if someone's leaving early from a gen, but there's another person on that gen, but you're closer to the person who's leaving, you should always go for the person on the gen, unless that person who's leaving is more valuable, is closer to dying. But other than that, those are the, those are, those are the advice I wish I knew. So you touched up a little bit earlier about like what maps aren't good for twins and certain tiles that you feel uh, Vitz could struggle on if the survivor's quite well um, experienced. But um, do you have any tiles that are your favorite that you do enjoy playing, like certain jungle gyms or um, LT walls, Killer Shack, or even like map-specific tiles or map-specific main buildings? I really like uh, LT walls. They're very fun because they're all about predicting. Especially if the survivor stands at the corner, you can have his uh, camera angle at the right um, position to see if you're going to fake it or not. But sometimes you can fake it and then fake it again. And so it's just very fun to predict both sides. So like, it's just a 50-50, it's really fun. And then for Survivor, it's just, I love the jungle gym because you can do some fakes, you can do 50-50s again. It's just really fun to have 50-50s rather than just a, a guaranteed you drop pallet and you're safe. Generator speeds have always been an issue for killers. And in recent times, they've gotten a lot better with perks and changes to the time it takes for a generator to complete. But with that being said, it's hard for the devs to balance out the game based on some killers being stronger than others. So what are your thoughts? Uh, certain, there's some certain perks against that are just super strong. But they're really, like top tiers like Nurse and Blight, they can do stuff against it. But the lower tiers, like Trapper or Wraith, they just have such a hard time against it. And so that, um, but if they nerf those perks, they also got to nerf the killer's gen perks because... Then it's just going to be too oppressive for people that aren't in swifts or people that aren't experienced and so buffing solo queue with uh they talked about it long in uh the anniversary event it was uh adding icons so if a survivor is doing something it's going to have the icon of what they're doing next to what they're next to the name and that's going to help improve solo queue a lot so know that if your teammate is doing something and not rely on kindred or something but it's, it's, we shouldn't be uh, buffing the gen perks to help for the lower tier killers. It should be essentially nerfing the, um, the gen perks, but then also nerfing survivor perks to, and then nerfing and then buffing solo queue to make it easier against the top tier killers. That's what I would think would be best. So MMR is something that Behaviour have put out to help make matches more fair for everyone with each individual's skill level trying to be as close to each other as possible. There have been many different opinions on this matter ranging from it should have never been implemented in the first place to MMR has been a good change to my matches as I'm not getting as many crap survivors juicing me for 5 gens and even some in-between reactions to it thinking it's a good intention just a rather primitive way of measuring MMR with it just being kills versus escapes depending on what side you're on. Uh, so tell us from your own experience, your thoughts on MMR and how it's affected your games with the Twins. Uh, my games have definitely been 
more challenging as I face against better survivors with very strong perks. And it's just some, it can be fun to be, have a challenging match, but then it can get repetitive and boring and just, you just want that one match where you just, you can chill and just have fun. Um, but it's really hard to balance a matchmaking system in a game that's so random and just can't really be balanced because the way the game works. But a way they could improve the MMR if they were to keep it was to be based around in-game stats and not escape versus kills. Um, so like how long so this survivor did in a chase, how long, um, how much gen progress they did, just how altruistic they were, stuff like that can make the MMR better. Just not, it's not going to be perfect in this game, but it'll help better the matchmaking system so you get more skilled players. But then you don't want more skilled players because then it's just going to be that repetitive um, match of just, you just got to full on try every match and that can get very, very boring. And so um could probably have like a non-ranked mode with like certain restrictions or something to make it more fun for everybody instead of just going looking for that competitive side of the game. So it's funny you mentioned about um, the other way of measuring MMR being sort of like the in-game actions, because I've always said um, before that they already have an emblem system in-game, don't they? Four different emblems for survivor and four different emblems for killer. So I can't imagine it'd be too hard for them to base a MMR scoring system based on the already existing emblems. Yeah, it should be pretty easy. They have um, There's a leaderboard that tracks all that stuff. So if they can track all that, they should be able to track in-game progress. Because I think they, I know they can like record the matches and stuff. So as a twins main, could you tell us how you feel about the survivor games you play when you go against your own main? Do you enjoy going against the twins or not? Uh, the twins are very fun to play against if your teammates aren't throwing or they're just not good because it's just so hard to, you can't really beat a twins because twins require all four survivors to be good. If there's at least one person bad who just doesn't know what they're doing, then the whole team's going to fold. It's a, it's more of a team-based killer than a uh, a chase killer like Nurse of Light. So if, if you don't have good teammates and you're playing against uh, a good twins, the game's basically over. So no matter how long you loop Charlotte, because you have Victor, you just have to buy time for your teammates to do gens. But if they're not being efficient on the gens, you're just going to, the game's over. So it's, so it's not really fun to play against twins unless I'm with a Swift that's, you know, the most of the doing. But... Other than that, it's really fun to play against them. DBD has gone through many changes from balancing to perk changes to complete readjustment of some killers. So this begs the question, what do you think to the current state of DBD? And do you think they're heading in the right direction? Don't think they're heading in the, the right direction. They're adding perks to counter strategies and play styles of both survivor and killer. And so having... Uh, all your strategies countered or you just have to only have one way to play. It's just not fun because then you, if you play any other way, you're just going to lose. And so having all that strategy or tactics that you can do to help you get pressure onto the game can 
just uh just have it completely taken away from you due to a perk it just doesn't seem fair and you feel like you get robbed um but no if they if they're really trying to uh improve this game it would make it by changing or not adding perks that are going to counter strategies and tactics that survivors and killers have to use to have pressure over the other side when controlling victor at times it can be difficult to know when best to use him the last thing you want to do is clip the corner of a branch or get stuck on a wall or a pallet what loops are best to use his pounce on and what kind of pallets and tiles are best to avoid with him so the tiles uh there's only like a few places you shouldn't be with victor and like i said earlier mother's dwelling has a window at main building that you just can't do anything against you need charlotte over there and so if you see someone running over to that side of the the map you should just not chase them unless they're just not doing the window they're just holding w but windows like that like on midwitch dead dog just stuff like that you shouldn't be chasing the survivors towards you should um immediately be leaving them especially you got to learn the locker locations and know if that they're going to run over to here and if you can't make it in time you should just leave them because the locker is going to waste you so much time um but everything else is super, is uh completely good to chase someone at you just gotta now they can drop the pallet at like those 50 50s and they can just save like a few extra seconds and so you gotta mind game it as victor um and you gotta make sure you're on the right side of the pallet because if you're on the pallet where it's angled up you can't hit them over the pallet in time maybe if you have a toy sword but if you push them onto the other side then you can get that guaranteed down and it's also you gotta be able to know his got to get familiar with his collision so that you know not to hit get hit by objects and stuff so last week or or last episode we had um a billy main on and he was telling us about the garden of joy being the worst map because there's so many like invisible branches and that are like pretty much sticking out are you finding the same sort of thing with victor yeah, sometimes uh, it's. I mostly find it on bad ham with those bushes. Those bushes are just. So yeah, Garden Joy has that too. It's just very hard to do it. You just essentially got to mind game it to get them just caught off a little bit so that they can't make it around the bush and hit them. But yeah, those bushes are just the ones like bad ham are just so hard to hit someone on. So when you're controlling Victor, do you think it's a good idea to drop chase from a survivor if you notice you're being pulled too far away from Charlotte? Or should you just commit to it and slug if you feel you won't get to them in time once you transition back to Charlotte and then you'll have to run, run all the way over? So if someone's running away from um, the gens that you need to be protecting um, and they're not on the death hook or something, I, wouldn't, I would just leave them. But if you can get a hit, if there's like no locker nearby... If you get a hit, you can down them, either leave Victor there, or you can send Victor back to the gens to apply more pressure, so which will make um, the other two survivors have to get off because one has to get the pickup, unless he has Unbreakable, and the other one has to get off because of Charlotte's chasing him. And so I think downing him would be the best choice. But if he's on death hook, essentially I would rather have him, rather have him dead than to save the gens because then... 
because then you, once you get someone out of the game, you can have more pressure over everyone else. Do you need to leave Victor out as a sentry as often as possible to cover certain areas of the map? Or is it a risk of him being crushed too much of an inconvenience? Um, so having Victor protecting gens, uh, hooks and like slugs on the ground can slow down the game a lot. But it can be countered if the survivors crouch up to Victor because you won't get killer instinct when they do that. And so, but even if they pull that off, they wasted a few time, seconds crouching up to Victor. And then that buys you a few extra seconds of that gen not being worked on while you're chasing someone else with Charlotte or trying to down someone who's injured and you know you can get the down because you really shouldn't be wasting more time downing people with Charlotte than Victor because Charlotte can be looped very long because she's a tall killer. She can be seen over a lot of loops. And so mind gaming as her is very hard, but it, stuff like that, you leave Victor at areas. Like if everyone's injured, you can leave someone at him at the hook so that no one can get the save unless they heal up, stuff like that. And then you use Charlotte to shut down the map so that you they come over to your side you can get an M1, and if they continue going to the hook, you just down them again with Victor. You also want to set up Victor and Charlotte for like double taps, where you would know, like if you hit someone, they can't run away from your gens because then Victor is cutting them off, and that will let you down them and put them in where you want them to be, which is in your three gen, because then you can protect the hook, the gens, and just force the survivors to come in for the save, which will let you get more injured and just more snowballing power. This question is going to be about slugging. No one likes to be slugged, and sometimes people don't like to slug, but it's a legit tactic that killers can use to help apply pressure when needed. With most killers, we don't need to ask about when is and isn't the time to slug, but twins are, twins are different in the sense that you're controlling two different people, one of which can't pick up survivors. So do you feel it's more necessary to slug with the twins than you would with any other killer? Uh, slugging with twins... It's not ideal. You don't really want to go for slugs with twins because people can have like flip-flop, unbreakable, exponential, or they can sneak in for a save and pick the person up, making you waste tons of time. Uh, but also slugging can be countered by lockers. So if so everyone's injured and you're just downing more people, they can just jump in lockers and just deny all the pressure of your slugging. And so that while you're wasting time trying to get that person out of the locker with Victor, um, the other person can be picking up everybody and resetting. So if you're ever injured, it should always jump in a locker or or if you're really far away, just always jump in a locker, whether healthy or not. And that's going to waste so much time, especially since the survivors can hold Victor's power hostage by if you jump on someone in a locker and you're on the other side of the map, they can 99 the percent and as soon as you get close they can break open the locker and so you the, they force you to go over to the other side of the map so if you're ever on the other side of the map you should never hold someone into a locker because then if they're smart they can take away your power and force you to come over there but you should only have like essentially two people downed at a time or another person injured if they're healthy you just want to keep keeping people busy um, making sure that no gen progress is being worked on. You want to also shut down areas and like, kind of like essentially like um, force them to, if they come over to your, the side you want them on, they're going to get hit. 
and then you can recall Victor back if someone's holding him. And so, like, they just can't do it much unless they work together. Ever since the release of the twins, the devs feel that they are just too strong and they are nerfing them in what seems like every patch. And I can't understand where this comes from. Based on the data that I've seen, there aren't, there aren't that many people that are playing them right now. Do you think the twins need any changes or or are they in a good spot right now? At the moment with this uh, recent patch, uh, I would personally think they're in a really good spot. Buffing them would make them too strong and nerfing them would make them too weak. But with the upcoming changes, if it ever goes live, the base kit unbreakable, there's a quality of life change that could help. That wouldn't make them too strong and too weak. And forgot who said it, but someone said that uh, as soon as you successfully down someone with Victor, you should have the the option to switch back to Charlotte. But if you choose to do that, Victor can still be crushed during the five seconds. You just can't control him. So if you know someone's coming over and you're not going to be able to move out in the way in time, you could just switch back to Charlotte to save time. But if you know you're not going to make it, you can just stay on Victor and down them. And this will help the the Boon Exponential and Unbreakables from happening with Charlotte way more. Plus, um, um, it just requires so much skill, um, game sense-wise, that um, buffing them and nerfing them would just make it not as rewarding as possible. You mentioned the um, upcoming patches with the base kit Unbreakable. Uh, how do you expect your games as as um as the twins to go forward once that goes live, if it does go live, with um with Unbreakable being base kit for everybody? Essentially, um just don't just don't over slug. Just keep people in this area and gotta learn the timing of the I think it's forty five seconds without Unbreakable and twenty two seconds with Unbreakable. But just gonna learn that timing and that's gonna make twins more of a lockdown killer. So it's going to force them, if you want to win, you got to play more optimal. And just if you down someone, that's still wasting time for the person, even if you can pick them up. But you only should be um, over slugging if you have someone on a hook and you don't want them to come in for the save. And so you just down them, even if they can get up. But you should only have two people down at a time. And you should also keep track of who you downed first and how much time the person has left until he gets picked up and stuff like that. So there we have it then. Another great interview. I'd like to thank the Lonely Moth for agreeing to do this interview. Yeah, thank you uh, so much for spending your time with us as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. We've reached the end of another great podcast and it was really nice to speak to the Lonely Moth about his beloved twins. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, why not give us a review on Apple Podcast? And if you're on Spotify why not give us a rating? It would really help us out tremendously. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, then head to the website intothefogcast.com or just search for Into the Fogcast on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was recorded on patch 6.3.1. I would like to thank the Lonely Moth again for agreeing to do the interview and myself and Tofa for everything else. All links will be in the description of the podcast. And we hope you have a great day.